Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. So, so far we've looked at love is... Thank you. Um, I'm glad at least three people have been here the last few weeks. Love is... I'm, I'm, not, I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> love is... Thank you, patient. <laughs> and love is kind. Love doesn't is not jealous or envious. It does not. And it is not proud or self-seeking. No, self-seeking is next, actually. Proud. Do you know, actually, sorry, Eric, it's okay. It's all right, you're not wearing your hat. People won't recognize you. You're fine. Um, already some people are remembering that, aren't they? Yeah, that's good. Because that's what we want to do. We want to store God's word in our hearts. Today, though, I want to ask you what gets you angry. <laughs> Some of you, that's easy. Chloe pointed at me. That's a bit unfair. Okay. You know, I, uh, I walked past a toy shop this week, and uh, this was in the sale. Okay. Now, you might say, I don't, I'm not surprised it was in the sale. But it's from a game called Don't Lose Your Cool. And the idea of the game is you, you get people angry. <laughs> That's really ideal around the Christmas table, isn't it? When people are already a bit stressed. You know, let's try and make people angry. Uh, I'm going to ask Raymond to come up here. I've not tried this to see if it totally works. Okay. Now, the idea is... Okay, you can see. Lights up like that. I'm going to turn it off a minute. So I'm going to ask Raymond just to put this on his head. I have asked him first. He's going to look like Dipsy out of the Teletubbies. Okay. And this thing here is supposed to measure his pulse, okay? Because this morning, okay, this is going on the newsletter, Raymond. Okay, I've just got to, just got to find his pulse. Okay, hold on. Right. Okay. Now Raymond doesn't like being hugged. Okay. So it's scanning for his pulse. Hopefully, it'll find it. Unless he's just really angry. This might not work. <laughs> Raymond is dead. Okay, never mind. No, it's not working, is it? The idea with this, though, is you make him angry, but I said to Raymond, I'll give him a hug. Now, this morning, he's quite fit, is Raymond. Not in that way. Um, but he's, he... <laughs> and he has a pulse rate normally of about 54, don't you? Uh, yeah. And this morning, I gave him a hug and talked about people hugging him, and it went up to 84. That's how stressed Raymond gets about, he's feeling stressed now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to invite lots of people to come up that he doesn't really know to give him a hug. Um, but as you can see, it's not finding his pulse. So we will, uh, we will restore that. But if anyone wants to get people cross around the Christmas... Oh, no, it's definitely gone. It's flatlined. So never mind. But I think it's quite funny that we've got Raymond up here looking stupid and having a hug. So... And you were willing to do it, Raymond. We'll try it again later. Never mind. I thought, for four quid, what could you expect, you know? But thank you for being willing. But love isn't easily angered. And Raymond, thank you. Give him a round of applause for coming. I'm sorry that didn't work. But hey. But love isn't easily angered. What gets you angry? What gets you angry? What gets your blood boiling? You know, I want to stress something this morning before I start. It doesn't say love is not angry. Okay, it says love is not easily angered. Or it talks about being slow to anger. 
Love is not easily angered. I can remember a night I stayed in a travel lodge with Ros and the children when they were younger. It was the night after we'd been at a wedding and we had a large family room. And uh, it was quite late at night. We'd partied, you know, danced, and it must have been about half, 10, 11 o'clock. The children were obviously needing to go to sleep. And we were in a big family room, and uh, we had the lights off, and we wanted to all go to sleep. And gradually, the kids kept messing around. And it was doing my head in. And even Ros joined in. And the phrase that I used over and over that night, because it was really making me get a bit cross, was, seriously, guys, okay? Seriously, guys. And every time they wound me up, I was going, seriously, guys, get to sleep. Seriously, guys. And what they did was they laughed more and more, which made me more and more angry. And then I can remember Joel in a car when I was picking Chloe up from school. He'd been at college. We were waiting and waiting. And I thought, I'll read my book. I'll read my book. And Joel decided he wanted to talk to me. And I was just reading my book. I said, Joel, I want five minutes of peace. And he decided that as I was reading, he would shout the words I was reading over my shoulder from the book I was trying to read. And again, the phrase came out, seriously, Joel. Seriously, guys. Seriously, guys. I don't know what gets you cross, but 1 Corinthians 13 tells us we should be slow to angry. We're going to read it together, okay? So let's read it again. It'll be on the screen. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8 says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails okay good verses we've now read them at least three times we should be starting to get a grip on them we should be remembering them but this morning we're going to look at love is not selfish or easily angered the message version says it like this love isn't always me first love isn't always me first it doesn't fly off the handle you know last week's love is not was also linked to selfishness. We talked about me first. And actually, when we put me first, it leads to anger, it leads to jealousy, it leads to all sorts of problems. It certainly doesn't lead to love. It certainly doesn't lead to love. You know, (coughs) we see a lot of things in church. You know, it might be at the end of the service this morning, you're desperate for a cup of coffee, and you go pushing past everybody. I want a cup of coffee. I'm thirsty. I'm, I'm not any, I can't talk to any of you until I've got my cup of coffee in my hand. That's, love is, that's not love, because love isn't me first. Love isn't selfish. It's not about me. It isn't easily angered. You know, the community meals on Walney, we often say to those of us from Springmount Church, the whole point of those meals is to feed our community, to love our community, to love those who don't necessarily come into our church family. So actually, love isn't always me first. We've got to put them first. Some people don't like that. But actually, if we run out of food, it's more important that we serve the community that have come than serve ourselves. Because love is not me first. Love is others first. You know, that is our outreach. There's a verse or two in James. James chapter 1, verses 19 to 21 say this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen 
slow to speak and slow to become angry. I could stop there this morning, couldn't I? Anyone at school ever get told or by the parents, you've got two ears and one mouth? Yeah, two ears and one mouth. That was a reason for that. It's twice as important to listen as it is to speak. Yeah, two ears and one mouth. Seriously, guys, are you listening this morning? You all, are you still, I'm, I'm going to put this on a few of you to see if you're still with us. But anyway, seriously, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth. Everybody should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Love is not easily angered. It goes on in those verses to say, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Get rid of all the stuff that's going to lead to moral wrong. Get rid of the stuff that's going to lead us away from God and humbly accept the word. That's what we're trying to do with this series where I'm saying to you, go away and learn this. Go away and write it down. Go away and read it so you can see what it does in your life. Love is. Humbly accept the word planted in you. In other words, grasp it. Take it on and recognize that God knows what's best. God knows you inside and out. God knows every part of you. And he says, humbly accept what I'm saying. And you'll find that life is full. You'll find contentment. You'll find satisfaction. You'll find freedom. But you've got to humbly accept what it is. And love is not me first. And love is not flying off the handle. Love is the truth. The seed of his spirit. Listen to it. Accept it. And grow. Love is not easily angered. It is not selfish. It does not dishonor others. You know, There's a verse that often people quite like to quote, particularly parents, and that is, children obey your parents, yeah? Anyone, you know, children honor your father and mother. And there's a promise attached to it, kids, because if you honor your father and mother, you'll live a long life. I don't know what that's saying about your father and mother, that if you don't honor them, maybe things are going (laughs) to go wrong. But children, honor your father and mother. And parents like to trot that one out, don't they? I think I've probably used it myself as well. Come on. Seriously, guys, <laughs> the Bible says you've got to honor me. Seriously, guys, go to sleep when it's dark. Stop laughing at me. Seriously, guys, stop taking the mick out of me for being bald. You know, seriously. But there's another caveat to that verse. You know, caveat. caveats are good. Caveats are conditions. I'm quite a big fan of it, a comedian called Alex Horn, and he talks about caveat music. Has anyone heard of the genre caveat music? No, caveat music, a caveat song is, is a song that has conditions. So, for example, you are so beautiful to me. Okay, so there's the caveat, <laughs> okay? You're simply the best, do, do, do. You're better than all the rest, do, do. Anyone I've ever, anyone I've ever met. Sorry, I got the words wrong. You're better than anyone I've ever met. Okay, there's the caveat. There's the caveat. And here, it'd be helpful if I remembered words to songs, wouldn't it? Here's the caveat. Children, honor your fathers and mothers. It also says parents don't exasperate your children. You know, it's a tool. The children are now thinking, yes, I've got some ammunition. I can give this back. Parents do not exasperate your children. Particularly, it says fathers don't exasperate your children. Talking to myself. Why? Because love is not easily angered. Love is not me first. Love isn't those things. You know, 
when I was getting cross in my car and Joel was shouting over my shoulder the words of the book I was reading, I shouldn't have been getting cross. Because actually I should have been cherishing that time to chat with my son. Yeah? But I was all about, Joel, I want to read my book. Joel, I've just got to a really interesting point in the story and I'd like to carry it on, please. And actually, if I hadn't put me first, I wouldn't have got angry. If I hadn't have been selfish, I wouldn't have got angry. In fact, I think in the night in the travel lodge, I was probably also trying to read on my iPad as well, in fairness, I think. Ros will probably say yes, she's nodding her head. So I wasn't interested in me going to sleep. I was interested. There's a connection here, isn't there? I was interested in me wanting to read my book. And the children should have been going to bed. It was past their bedtime. They should have known better. Seriously, guys. Seriously. The funny thing is, I've heard Ros use that phrase quite a lot recently, so obviously, it's obviously cottoned on and caught on, hasn't it? But seriously, guys, when it's about me and what I want, it leads to anger. It leads to selfishness. It leads to dishonoring other people. And that isn't love, because love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. It reminded me of another Bible character. As I read this verse, last week we looked at Joseph and his brothers and how there wasn't a lot of love seen as he boasted about his dreams or as they hated him and hated him and hated him. Love isn't easily anger. Jonah chapter 4, and the, the verses I'm going to read are in the message version because it says this, Jonah chapter 4, Jonah was God's prophet. He was God's man. He was sent to go and tell the enemies of Israel what they needed to do. He was sent to go and tell them that they had to turn back to God. They had to repent and they had to stop doing what they were doing. Do you know, we don't like being told to stop doing what we're doing, do we? Hmm? Anyone here like being told to stop doing what they're doing? No. But we were, he was told to go to them and say, you need to turn back to God. You need to repent from all that stuff or in 40 days you'll be dead. And Jonah went round. He had a, you know the story of Jonah probably. He went round and uh, in the end, God saw the Ninevite people turn back to God. They repented and said, God, we're so sorry. They tore their clothes. They sat in sackcloth and ashes. And they said, oh, God, we're so sorry for the way we've messed up. And then this is what we see Jonah doing. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. Jonah was furious. <laughs> people have been saved. People have been rescued. People have been turned back to the God he loves. And his response, Jonah, was furious. He lost his temper. He yelled at God, God, I knew it. When I was back home, I knew this was going to happen. That's why I ran off to Tarshish. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans into a punishment into a program of forgiveness. So God, if you won't kill them, kill me. I'm better off dead. And God said, what have you got to be so angry about? <laughs> Read the statements. He, you know, when you're angry, think of the times you've got angry recently. Think of the things you've shouted maybe. Things that, seriously, guys, maybe it's that. Maybe it's stronger than that, okay? I'm not going to share that this morning if that's the case. But seriously, think of the times you've got angry. What is Jonah angry about? He says this. I knew this was going to happen. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy. <laughs> Can you imagine wives and husbands shouting at the other, other half? I knew you were going to be graceful. Can you imagine this? I knew you were going to be merciful. 
or your kids coming into you, you know, because you've not let them go out and you've grounded them. I knew you were rich in love. <laughs> I knew you were easy, not easily angered. Silly things, isn't it? But Jonah can't see beyond himself. He can't see beyond his own dislike for people. Because that's what it was. Jonah, it's implied that Jonah was a little bit racist, really. That he didn't want to go to these people. He didn't want to tell them about the God who loved them. He didn't want them to change and be saved. He wanted to see them gone. And yet God says, no, I love every person. I don't want any to suffer. I don't want any to struggle. I don't want any to not come to me. And Jonah says, but I knew it, God. I knew you were rich in love. Next time you do get angry, try throwing that one out there. I knew you were rich in love. You know, that's a compliment, isn't it? Because that tells us who God is. It tells us who God is. He is rich in love. Maybe God this morning is asking us the very same question. What do you have to be angry about? Maybe you sat there this morning and maybe there's conditions and situations in your life that stir up a real troublesome spirit what have you got to be angry about and you might say to me well Johnny you know there's health issues I've been through a tough time you know Jonah had been through a shipwreck almost he'd been thrown overboard in a, in a storm he'd gone through the belly of a whale he'd been vomited onto a beach I don't do sick I wouldn't want to be in sick I don't deal with sick very well. I believe that Thanksgiving was a little bit interesting last night, but is that right? <laughs> but hey, but Jonah nearly died. He'd had to go and speak to those he disliked. How do you feel when you have to go to that person that actually you really struggle with? Or maybe there's a problem that has arisen between you and a family member. Maybe there's a problem that has arisen between you and a friend. And it just becomes distant and stetched. But actually God's saying, I want you to go and talk to them. I want you to put things right. That's what the Bible says. Put things right. If you find yourself angry with somebody, put things right. If you find yourself in a situation, put things right. Because God is the God of putting things right. And he can put you and me right. And he wants to put us right. And he wants to make us holy. You know, God was for him, Jonah, and his people. Not everybody else. He didn't want to share. He wanted to keep it all to himself. Maybe that's how we are with our faith. Maybe we don't share it very often. And we want to keep it to ourselves either because we're embarrassed to share it or because we're worried about what people will think. But you know what? God loves everybody. He loves the person you struggle with at work. He loves the person you sat with in church that you find hard. He loves the person at home that you find difficult. Why? Because love is not easily anchored. And love is not selfish. And it honors people. You know, God has compassion. And when God has compassion, Jonah gets angry. And God says to him, what have you got to be angry about? So I'm asking you this morning, what have you got to be angry about? Maybe it's people hugging you. I don't think that's anger. I just think that's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> what have you got to be angry about? Verse 5 goes on to say this. God asks him a question. What have you got to angry about? And it says, but Jonah just left. He went out of the city to the east and sat down in a sulk. <laughs> this morning, I believe God is asking us a question. What have we got to be angry about? And maybe every Sunday, God touches your life and your heart. Maybe every Sunday, God says to you, come on, Johnny, you need to get this right. And then there's a response for prayer and you don't go. 
And maybe you just leave. Maybe you just go from this place, having heard what God wants to say to you, and you don't respond. You don't react because it's too difficult. Or because you're angry about the fact that God would dare to highlight something in your life that needs to change. What have we got to be angry about? We've got a God who loves us. We've got a God who cares about us no matter what. We've got a God, a God, a God who is compassionate. You know, Jonah gives no answer, no response. He doesn't give a list of injustices. He doesn't give a list of bitter things. He doesn't give a list of things he's angry about. Why? Because he knows he can't respond to God because he knows he has no right to be angry. That he's getting angry over the silliest of things. Because actually, deep down at the heart of it, it's all about selfishness. And love is not selfish. Love is not easily angered. Have you ever stopped and asked God that same question? He might be asking you this morning, what have you got to be angry about? And you might say, well, God, there's this, that, and the other. But have you ever stopped to say to God, God, what is there that you're angry about? Yeah? Yeah? No one? Mm, maybe? Greta Thornburg and uh, very people get a bit hot under the collar about the environment, don't they, at the moment? And you, you can say, rightly so. There's people who say, oh, I don't agree. You can say, rightly so. We need to be protective of our environment. She gets quite angry about it. And actually, do you not think God gets angry about that? This world we live on is God's creation. God made it and he said it was good. Do you think God gets angry about that? More so than Greta Thornburg? <laughs> yeah? We're all still here. Yeah. You can, you can nod. Yeah, really, really be good to encourage me this morning. You know, I don't know whether it's just a case of you're scared, I'm going to get angry. I'm not going to get angry because it says I've got to be slow to anger. Do you know, the world is full of people saying, I want to do this, so I'm going to do it. The world is full of people saying, I am going to go there, and nobody's going to stop me. The world is full of people saying, well, that's mine. I'm not going to share it with anyone. Even when God has already said there's a better way. Maybe this morning we get angry about sickness and hurt. Maybe when God says to you, what have you got to be angry about? You can say, well, God... I've got a list. You know, my family particularly at the moment is massively affected by this. My father-in-law is seriously ill. You know, we don't know how long that is. And actually, pray for him. My dad has been in and out of hospital for the last two or three weeks. Yes, Friday again. And he's not quite the same as he was because it shook him. Am I angry about it? No. Because I live in a world that is broken. And there is a promise of an eternity that is better. And this world is described, our life today is described as like a puff of wind. It's described as like a click of the fingers. And we've got all eternity to enjoy painlessness, no suffering, joy, peace, love in all its fullness. So whatever this life may throw at us, it is only brief. Even though to us it seems like everything... Is it right to be angry about it? No. What is right is to say, God, help. God, help me. God, help them. God, it's not me first. God, help me to be calm. Maybe, you know, when we think about our families and ourselves going through hurt and agony, I know this morning, Donna's got a bad back and has struggled to, to lead the worship. Is she angry at God? No. I'm just angry at my birth date because I'm getting old. <laughs> It's not God's fault. Part of it's what I feed myself and put in my mouth. I've got a bad back. I've got, I've got a bad foot. 
and I've realized I'm not 21 anymore, you know? There's a young man here today, you know, who, who sometimes made me angry in the past, but I love him. And actually, I know that God loves him. And actually, the Bible says love is not easily angered. God says, what have you got to be angry about? You know, Jesus went through hurt and agony for you. Jesus went through the ultimate pain and suffering for you and for me. He went through all those things. And maybe many of the people on this planet that God loved and died for don't give a monkeys. Maybe they don't care. God still loves them. He's not angry. He still loves them because love is slow to angry. You know, it goes on to say this about Jonah. Jonah put together a makeshift shelter of leafy branches and sat there in the shade to see what would happen to the city. He goes off in a sulk, sits there to see what's going to unfurl because he just wants to see them suffer. <laughs> That's how he is. That's not love. Jonah 4, 6 to 11. God arranged for a broadleaf tree to spring up. It grew over Jonah to cool him off and get him out of his angry sulk. Jonah was pleased and enjoyed the shade. Life was looking up. <laughs> yeah? God says, what have you got to be angry about? And Jonah goes off in a sulk, storms up to his room, <laughs> or storms off to the other side of the city. Sorry, I was thinking about my children again. Um, storms off to the other side of the city, sits there, and what does God do? He provides. He still provides. God still loves God isn't easily angered. What does he provide? He provides shelter. Jonah is happy. Why is he happy? Because he's experiencing God's rescue. Yeah? He's experiencing God's rescue from the sun. He's experiencing God's rescue from the heat of the day. And he's experiencing God's mercy and compassion. Things are looking up. Do you know this morning, things can be looking up for every person in this room. No matter what your situation, no matter what your circumstances, because you can experience God's mercy and God's compassion because he says, I love you. He says, I want to forgive you. I want to cancel the slate. The past can be wiped clean. You can experience that this morning. And do you know when you do, things can be looking up. Because you know that that eternity that's promised is yours. Yeah? That's something to get excited about this morning. So come on, let's get excited. Yeah, thank you. Okay. But no sulking now, is there? When things are going well and things are looking up, there's no sulking there, is there? You know? It's like the children who sort of put that nice voice on when things are going well and they think, oh, I'll get something out of my dad. Oh, dad, I love you. But when things are going bad, they storm off to the room and sulk. Obviously not my children, okay? Because they're just perfect, not. Okay. <laughs> Verses 7 onwards. But then God sent a worm. <laughs> okay, God is trying to teach Jonah something here. God sent a worm. By dawn of the next day, the worm had bored into the shade tree and it withered away. The sun came up and God sent a hot, blistering wind from the east. The sun beat down on Jonah's head and he started to faint. He prayed to die. I'm better off dead. Then God said to Jonah, what right do you have to get angry about this shade tree? What right do you have to get angry about this thing that's come and gone? Jonah said, plenty of right. It's made me angry enough to die. God said, what is this? How is it that you can change your feelings from pleasure to anger overnight about a mere shade tree that you did nothing to get? You didn't plant or water it. It grew up one night and died the next night. So why can't I change what I feel about Nineveh? Why can't I change what I feel about Nineveh from anger to pleasure? This big city of more than 120,000 childlike people who don't yet know right from wrong to say nothing of the innocent animals. 
we're happy for God to have compassion so long as it's where we want it to be. We're happy for God to have compassion so long as it doesn't make us uncomfortable. You know, we're happy to see rescue so long as it's on our terms. You know, a lot of addiction, a lot of problems like that are based around selfishness. And love is not selfish. It starts with thinking of others. And the Bible tells us not to put others first, but God first. To put God first. We're happy to see rescue. Love is slow to anger and not selfish, not me first. You know, the Black Friday sales are a massive thing, aren't they? Particularly in the States. We don't see a lot of love in the Black Friday sales. People going, me first. There's fights breaking out. People battering each other for a television. Yeah? Have you seen the videos? If you haven't, just check them out. But there's not a lot of love there. It's definitely me first, me first, me first. So when we start to see that attitude in our hearts... Maybe we need to question, God, I need more of your love. God, I need to put you first. So, as we finish this morning, God says to us, what have you got to be angry about? Maybe there's things in your life right now that are making you a bit cross. Maybe there's things in your life that you're struggling with. Maybe there's things in your life, maybe there's a relationship with people that you're hurting. God says, come to me. Sort it out and move forwards. God says, where are we putting him first this morning instead of you? Often we think about ourselves before anything else. As long as I'm happy. Jonah was happy under his little tree. He was happy. Things were looking up. Why? Because it was all about him. As soon as that went, the anger crept in again. Can you see how quickly he changed? That's not slow to anger. That's not love. So as I finish this morning, where are we angry? Where are we being selfish? This morning, why are we angry? God says, why are you angry? And he wants you to talk to him. He wants you to give it to him. He wants you to share it with him. And you know, God doesn't react angrily back. You see his response to Jonah? Why are you angry, Jonah? Storms off in a sulk. Provides shade and rescue. This morning, God is love, and love is not easily angered. He's not that strict dad in the sky who's telling you off every move. He's that loving father that says, come on, I want to carry you. Come on, I want to walk with you. Come on, I want to help you. Come on, I want to rescue you. I just need you to want it too. I need you to desire it too. I need you to come along too. Compassion, love, grace this morning so far you know that love is patient and kind you know that love is not jealous that it's not boastful we know that it's not selfish we know that it's not proud and we know that it's not easily angered we love a God who isn't easily angered and yet we could say to him why are you angry God and he would have every right to do so but this morning he says come to me Will you? Or will you leave here just like Jonah did and go and sit at home still stewing? Will you come to him and say, God, actually, let's have a chat? Or will you leave here and say, actually, I'm not going to be any different? Let's pray.
just as we sit in quiet, in your own heart, just ask God to show you the things that you need to deal with, to, to show you the things that have taken root in your heart, maybe to show you a relationship that you know you need to, to restore, no matter how hard that is. Maybe like Jonah, you don't want to see it restored because it makes you cross, it makes you angry. Remember, it doesn't say love does not get angry. It says it's slow to angry. There are times where it's right to be angry at the injustice of the world, to be angry at all the things that are going on in our, in our country, in our time, to be angry about the things that happened in London this week. But the best way to counter that is to love. Father God, I pray this morning that you will uproot the weeds that are growing in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to step out of the way and allow you to be front and center. Father, I pray that you'll help us to know that Jesus can wipe away the past and that your mercy, grace, and compassion can allow us to start afresh today, that we can experience that rescue. And Father, I pray for those in this room that are going through hard times at the moment who maybe feel they've got a right to be angry, but Father, I pray, Lord, that you will help them to put you first still in all of it, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We can fear no evil because you are with us. Give us that comfort, Lord. Give us that peace. So, Father God, I pray that we will know what love is and that others will see what love is in our lives. In your name, amen.